is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Thanks so much for the reaction on Twitter. It's been great. I'm getting tweets throughout the games. I'm getting tweets early in the morning. I didn't even have to send out a tweet today that I was recording Game Misconduct because the tweets were already loaded up. Hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll get to them in a little bit. We'll get to the preview of all the games that are coming up tonight. I want to recap the four games last night. And a very telling game in Winnipeg for the Leafs and the Jets. And I thought the turning point of this game came in the first period when Winnipeg had not one, not two, but three consecutive power play opportunities in the first period to score the goal that can completely change the game. Failed all all three of them, including getting a power play for illegal equipment on Komarov because if you wear a visor and you kind of tilt it back and not wearing the helmet properly, it's now a penalty. Uh, new rule in the National Hockey League, and many are calling it the Komarov rule because he seems the one seems to be the one that wants to try to get away with that with the helmet, get tagged with it. Winnipeg can't get that first goal. If they get the first goal, it changes the game. But then what happens? They can't even get out of dodge with a scoreless tie after 20 minutes because Toronto scores three goals to really put the game away because I just don't think. Winnipeg is equipped to be able to make up that kind of a deficit. And the goals come 4-15 left in the period. Kadri, Van Riemsdyk, Nylander, bing-bang, boom, four minutes left in the period. Nothing-nothing becomes 3 nothing lights out. And then Marlowe scores his first goal. And I'm telling you, Patrick Marlowe is going to be a player here on Toronto. Now, he's never won a cup, but he's been in a ton of playoffs, ton of conference finals. He's been to a Stanley Cup final. He's the veteran presence they're looking for. I'm telling you, gets a chance to play with Matthews and Marner. He is going to be a major contributor. If you're looking for kind of a fantasy sleeper, that would have been the one. He gets his second goal to start the third period. It's just a run over from there. So I don't know what Winnipeg's going to be. They thought Mason was going to be the answer. I'm not going to judge it on one game. But you got to take advantage of these power plays. We're going to see early in the season now with the new slashing rule, with the delay game penalty on faceoffs, with the equipment rule, you know they're going to be calling things very, very tightly early. You're going to get power play opportunities. And if you fail that many times early and don't get leads, it's going to kill you. I'm telling you. Take a look at the teams with good power plays early. Those are the teams that are going to really excel in October. Now, eventually, as the season goes on, they'll loosen it up a little bit. But the theme of last night, a lot of power play opportunities. You cash in on the power play, you're going to win the game. Winnipeg couldn't do it. Toronto ends up rolling 7-2. to Blues and the Penguins, they raise the banner, and Pittsburgh kind of sleepwalks through the game. They get the first tally of the game, but then St. Louis takes the lead, monetize it, but then a great job by St. Louis, Petrangelo, Stasny, 4-2 lead late, but never sleep on Pittsburgh. What do they do in the last six minutes of the game? They take over. Crosby and Sheary score, tie the game. Sheary's goal comes with less than six minutes to go in the game. They tie it, and you're thinking, all right, the building's up for grabs. This is going to be the Penguins' game to win. But Petrangelo wins it in overtime on a really soft goal, I thought. you got to make that save. You're not going to kill a kid who's won a couple of cups, but... Got to do a better job of making that stop. Didn't make it. Tough loss for Pittsburgh. They did earn a point. And again, every point in sacrosanct, these things don't go bad. But Murray would have loved to have the goal back. They lose the game in overtime. 
And now Pittsburgh's 0-0-1 and St. Louis, a team that I think has got a really good chance to make the playoffs and be a good team. That's a nice road victory for the St. Louis Blues last night. Not a big deal for Pittsburgh. They're going to be fine. I'm not going to run into any kind of thoughts that they're missing the playoffs just because of one loss. And they did fight back and show a lot of heart to tie the game and at least earn a point. But I thought that was a soft goal uh, in overtime. Battle of Alberta, again, for the fifth consecutive time, goes to the Edmonton Oilers. Beat the Flames 3-0. You could just tell Edmonton's just a better team. Now, I think the Flames are much better with Smith and goal. You saw it early. Edmonton was getting a ton of shots. If Elliott or any of the myriad of goaltenders that the Flames have had over the last few years is in the net, they probably get blown out in this one. They keep it tight throughout because Smith is a quality goaltender. There's no question. He was on a bad team with the Coyotes over the last few years. He's on a good team now with the Flames. But much like the Toronto victory over Winnipeg, it's more about Toronto. This is more about Edmonton. Edmonton is one of the elite players in this league. And if all three goals come from Connor McDavid and the second goal... Please, if you haven't seen it yet, go to NHL.com, go to YouTube. The thing about McDavid, and I've talked to people around the league about this, don't misunderstand me. There have been faster players in the league. There might be faster players in the league right now than McDavid. But no one, maybe in the history of this league, can do what he does with the speed that he has. He can use his speed and still stick handle. He can still use that speed and get a pass and make a pass. Most players that are that quick, it comes at the expense of being able to do something else. He can fly and still be an elite player. And the fact that he just blew away everyone on the flames on that second goal, starting from almost the stopping position and just get the speed, turn the corner, and still with that speed, still have the hand-eye coordination to make a nice play to beat Smith on the goal, turning point of the game. This kid is absolutely special. If you are someone that your favorite team's not playing and you're just looking for a game to watch, I'm watching every Edmonton Oilers game I can because of this kid. Now, Crosby still gets the nod as the best player because of what he's been able to accomplish. But Sidney Crosby, at this stage of his career, could not do what McDavid did on that goal. He is that special a player. And it's not the only thing they have. Nugent Hopkins is a good player. Leon Dreisaitl is a good player. Nurse is a good player. Talbot had a 40-plus win season last year. No reason to believe he's not going to win, play another 65-70 games this year and be a really good goaltender for them. Edmonton special. And the Battle of Alberta round one goes to Edmonton last night. And a nice win for the Flyers, 5-3. to three. Wayne Simmons gets the hat trick. And again, power play is the difference. You're going to get power play opportunities. They're going to call everything. It doesn't matter unless you cash in on them. And Philadelphia did a really good job last night in cashing in the, on the power play. They get the two goals in the first period. One of them comes on the power play. They get the lone goal in the second period, Simmons, on the power play. And then they get the Simmons goal on the power play on the deflection in front, which is the backbreaker for the Sharks. 3-3 tie. Midway through the period, power play for Philadelphia. Simmons cruises in front of Jones. 
deflects the puck out of the air. Game-winning goal. Simmons gets the empty netter. So not one, not two, but three power play goals for Philadelphia. Sharks had two. LeBlanc had a couple of goals, but he gets the one on the power play, and then Couture's power play goal in the third period had tied the game up at three, thought the Sharks might be able to steal a point with the early goal in the third period, didn't happen. So both teams took advantage of the power play. Philadelphia just a tad bit better, and that's the difference. Have to take advantage of the power play opportunities when you get them. Philadelphia did, Toronto did, and certainly you saw the power play opportunities around the league being taken advantage of and not being taken advantage of, and that's why you have to do that early in the season. Things will probably change a little bit after the calendar flips to 2018, but right now look for a lot of power plays, and you got to be able to cash in on them. Let's take a look at the games tonight. Nashville Predators, the defending Western Conference champions, taking on the Boston Bruins in Boston. Boston is one of those teams that I think are a fringe team a team that I think can make the playoffs. I did not predict them to make the playoffs, but they'll be banging on the door for it. Nashville banged up. No Ellis, no Benino. I think there may be a bit of a cup hangover in Nashville. Usually teams that lose the Stanley Cup final have a little bit of a slow start the next year. Can't afford in that division to have that happen. So we'll see if Nashville can get going right away. They're going to start on the road. So let's see if the Boston Bruins can't take advantage of the Nashville Predators. Maybe being a little hungover, Boston's at home. They're going to have to get all the points they're going to need to get in order to get this thing done. Also want to um, send a congratulations out to Judge Surratt. He is the new play-by-play voice of the Boston Bruins. So congratulations to him. Dave Gosher went over to Las Vegas to become their television voice, so it opened up a radio opportunity in Boston. So congratulations to Judd. He's been working a little bit in Chicago the last few years, and now I'm looking forward to getting a chance to meeting him on the road as he becomes the new Boston Bruins radio voice. Montreal Canadiens of the Buffalo Sabres. They've got the Sabres making it and the Canadiens not making it. So how you play in your division is always going to be very interesting. Eichel gets the big new contract. I like Buffalo. I am not in love with Montreal this year, so that should be a fun one. Rangers and the Avalanche from Madison Square Garden. Rangers have a little bit of a tough start because they're going to have back-to-back games against Toronto and Montreal this weekend. Avalanche certainly in transition. Rangers get to show off their newest acquisition, Gavin Shattenkirk. Uh, Heedle, who surprisingly made the team, is going to be the number 2 center, at least for now, probably eventually become one of the top three. Uh, centers for the New York Rangers. Abanajad, the number one center. Hayes getting a chance to play there. A lot of expectations around the New York Rangers and certainly want to get off on the right foot as they take on an Avalanche team. Duchesne's still there. Again, rebuild for the Colorado Avalanche, so a great chance for the Rangers to get off to a good start before those back-to-back games against Canadian uh, teams over the weekend. I'll be in Toronto for the Rangers and Leafs call on Saturday, and I'll be at the Garden for the Rangers and the Canadians on Sunday. So a little double-dipping for me. Capitals and the Senators. This is a really good game. The battle of the Capitals uh, of their respective countries, Ottawa and Washington, I I see the Capitals this year maybe taking a step back in the regular season, and that might be a good thing. We talked on Game Misconduct last year about how it was good that Washington was flying under the radar, and then Washington got hot and then became the favorite again. Maybe, Maybe they would benefit from not being the best team in the league. 
Maybe they would benefit from being a Midland team in the regular season, take some of the pressure off in the postseason. And I think the Ottawa Senators are a really good team. I think they're right up there in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, Anderson uh, has uh, his issues together after his wife fighting cancer last year. You saw the emergence of, of players like Hoffman. Yeah, um, this is an Ottawa Senator team that I don't think last year going to the conference final was a fluke. So I look forward to that game in Ottawa. Uh, Wild and the Red Wings. Red Wings, we talked about it yesterday, trying to get a Tennessee done, certainly in rebuild mode against the Wild team that is among the better teams in the Western Conference. Got tremendous goaltending last year. Question's always been with the Wild. Will they be able to produce offensively? Don't think that'll be a problem tonight. Penguins back-to-back games. They'll be in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. Steve Mears, the new television voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, will make his debut tonight. Last night's game was on NBC Sportsnet, so he gets a chance to get behind the mic for the Penguins' television feed in Chicago tonight against the Blackhawks. Blackhawks... Always in the conversation among the elite teams. And last thing Pittsburgh wants to do is start the season with back-to-back losses. So a loss to St. Louis at home. They did squeeze out a point. See what they can do in Chicago. Coyotes and the Ducks. I think the Ducks are among the elite teams of the Western Conference. I've got them the second-best team behind Nashville. Flyers and the Kings. Kings obviously starting to rebuild now. Uh, John Stevens, their new head coach, is the former head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. So you have that uh, kind of storyline there and if philadelphia in back-to-back days can get two wins out west that would be pretty good for the philadelphia flyers to get started another one of those fringe teams and i just get that feeling that they're going to be needing every single point they can get to get it done um let's get to your uh, tweets at don lagreca hashtag game misconduct um greg supple Sent a tweet. I guess he was making fun of how I pronounced Supple yesterday because it was G Supple, and I said something to the effect of uh, G Zerbel. He thought it was funny, made him laugh. So I'm glad I was able to make him laugh here on Game Misconduct. NYR Fan 9, thanks for answering my question, Don. I ended up taking Tarasenko. He had asked who to take overall, eighth overall. Tarasenko is an outstanding pick, hoping Kreider produces too. So that's NYR. Fan nine. Jennifer says, I love game misconduct and subscribe to that feed now too, but is hockey today returning or are they one and the same now? Same. This is it. This is game misconduct. This is the hockey podcast. So if you subscribe to both, this is uh, what it is right now. So Jennifer, hopefully I'll be able to pick up uh, where the great guys at hockey today were able to leave off. Uh, Al said that it looks like, um, Heedle is number two center. Uh, love keeping uh, Grabner, Hayes, and um, Miller together. I've uh, been waiting for this day for months. I like it when 13 and 10 play together. I like it when Hayes and Miller play together. And then how things end up working out with the centers, because uh, right now it looks like it's going to be Zavanajad, Heedle. Uh, you're going to have Hayes, and then you're going to have uh, Darnay. But... Obviously, if Heedle doesn't stick with the team, Miller can then move to center, so they do seem to have some variations on the theme there. Uh, but Heedle deserved it. He was the best player in camp, and he deserved a chance to be here at least to start the season. And if he starts scoring, he will stay. Matt says, please tell me how you are feeling about the Habs today during game misconduct. Love the show. Go Habs, go. If you're new to the show or new to me personally, my wife is a huge Canadians fan, and she was not happy that I picked them to miss the playoffs. 
And I'm, I, I made that prediction before the horrendous preseason that they had. I mean, you're hearing Claude Julian talk about com- compete level in the preseason. That's not good. I think there's a team that's going to struggle to score goals. They got Strite back, and when the last time he was here, they were tremendous on the power play with him, but that was a long time ago. That was like seven, eight years ago. I think they're a little long in the tooth there. Will Gallagher and Golchenyuk continue to grow? Looks like Placanic is on the back nine. Max Pacioretty, I think, has to really continue to grow as an offensive player. But I look at the Canadians a lot like I look at the Rangers. You love their goaltending. You love the way that they're coached. They're a good team. They, they're just going to be chasing goals. They're just not a great offensive team. Now, you might get some surprises, but I just don't know if Montreal's offense is good enough to make the playoffs. That's how I feel. Uh, Liam says, do you think that Hank will have a bounce-back season? Well, that's assuming that you thought he had an awful season last year. Uh, he did have his moments, certainly, getting pulled against Columbus, getting pulled against Dallas, getting pulled against Pittsburgh. He certainly had some weaker moments, but then he grew and he ended up having a pretty solid season. I think Hank is going to be fine. I think he's got a really good blue line in front of him. It's getting a younger blue line. McDonough is still young. Stalls a little long on the tooth, but um, Shea is going to be better. They brought Smith back. I think D'Angelo is a nice addition for them. So I think he's got a little bit more support than maybe he had last year. And I think Hank is still going to be among the elite goaltenders in the league. Brett says, game misconduct. New York Rangers defense is solid. If Hank goes down, has bad stretch, worry about Pavlik. Center is big weakness. Thoughts? It's a weakness in the sense that it's not the strongest part of the team, the center position. But is it weakness? I wouldn't go as far as that. Sabanajad, though, has to play like he did earlier last season. Andre Pavlik is a good, solid backup. At this stage of his career, I would not want him to play like if uh, like a couple of years ago when Hank went down and Talbot had to play 25 games. Pavlik's probably going to get exposed to this point in his career. But playing him 20, 25 games sparingly, I think Pavlik's going to be fine. I, I would not overly worry about the Rangers' backup golding the position. Obviously, if there's injury, that's a problem. Uh Gar- uh, Garrett says a couple of Vegas people spotted at ES at the uh, Edmonton game possible trade for a D man to fill the Sakara uh, roster spot. Maybe. I mean, they pitched the shutout yesterday. Their offense is a good defense. I do think if there is a weakness, Sakara is a really good player. Was a really good player the last couple of years for Edmonton. But they're going to possess the puck. They're going to spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. Um, there's always scouts at every game. I'll go to the Ranger game tonight at Madison Square Garden, and there'll be scouts from Florida and Detroit and St. Louis. It's the usual suspects. I wouldn't get too uh, crazy about that. Let's see. Uh, Thor has a couple of tweets here. Pretty disappointed with your Homer attitude towards the Islanders. I get you're a Ranger fan, but you're broadcast to a national audience. Islanders will make the playoffs and finish ahead of the Rangers. You can put your dollar on that. Hashtag don't be such a homer. Hashtag still like you. (laughs) I don't think it's really being a Ranger guy. I didn't even grow up a Ranger fan, by the way. I do work for the Rangers. Uh, I think the Rangers are better than the Islanders. I'm not sure Halak and Grice are necessarily the answer. Um, I look at this team with the addition of Eberle, 
JT is among the top five players in the National Hockey League. I'm just not really that sure that they're a guaranteed playoff team. Doug Waite, certainly when he took over, things began to click, but they struggled on the power play. Hey, I hope the Islanders make it. I hope the Devils make it. I hope the Rangers make it. I do a show in New York. I want all three teams to be good. I want all three teams to make it. But, hey, you're entitled to your opinion. Islanders finish better than the Rangers, then we will interact on the podcast in the future. Thor, I'm not going anyplace. But I'm talking to a national audience, but I also do a show in New York, and I do a lot of game, Ranger games. So if you think that I'm one-sided because of that, that's great. But to me, I give you my opinion based on how I feel about it, not who I get paid by, who I rooted for when I was a kid. Like I said, I was a Devil fan growing up. I got them missing the playoffs. And I don't have the Rangers winning the division, but whatever. Thor, you made your point. I made my point. At some point, we'll find out who ends up winning that dollar. Uh, Derek C., I have Bergeron and Taves. Should I wait it out or start one or bail on Neal and pick up Marlowe? I tweeted you back, Derek. He's obviously a fantasy question. I believe that Marlowe is going to have a breakout season in Toronto. He's been good the last couple of years in San Jose. He's going to have fresh legs playing with all these good young players in Toronto. It's no fluke that he had a couple of goals last year. To me, I think you want to get Patrick Marlowe in your lineup if you're a fantasy player. Paul, hey, Don, love game misconduct. I'm wondering why NHL doesn't do more rivalry games opening night like Edmonton versus Calgary. Make it special. Well, you try to do what you can do as far as the schedule is concerned, right? Um, so you can't match it up always perfectly. They try to get rivalry games. Obviously, getting the Rangers and the Avalanche isn't much of a rivalry, but the Avalanche were due to start the season on the East Coast, and then Philadelphia starts the year on the West Coast, so you can't get like a Ranger Flyer, Ranger Penguin. They will try to skew a little bit more in the division early, but they want to make sure that late in the season is when you're playing the teams that are in your division. Because that's when it really matters. It's opening night, so I think the league just looks at it, the fact that it's opening night, first games, people are going to watch regardless, don't necessarily have to have it be. Uh, the rivalries, it certainly worked out with the Battle of Alberta. Uh, Steve Hatsapetros is the guy that puts the schedule together for the NHL. And believe me, there's probably no harder job in the world than putting a National Hockey League schedule together. There's so many constrictions. You don't want to play three straight nights. <clears throat> You've got travel. It's already tough enough for the Western Conference teams who basically have to take a flight everywhere they go, with the exception of Anaheim and Los Angeles, where in the Eastern Conference, a team like the Rangers, Islanders, or Devils, when they play in their division, only have to get on a plane to go to Pittsburgh and, and Carolina and Columbus. Uh, they could take a train to Washington. They can drive to Philadelphia. Obviously, when the three teams of the tri-state area play each other, they can bus don't have the same luxuries as in the West. I mean, look at the travel that Dallas has to go through. Dallas has to get on a plane every time they play a team, and it's at least a two-hour flight every time they play a team, right? So it's it's a tough way to make the schedule, very difficult, but I think Steve Hatsipetros does a pretty good job, and that's a really good question. So thanks for everybody participating today. Uh, tomorrow we're going to hear a little bit from John Tavares because he was on our flagship station, 98.7 ESPN, with Rick DiPietro, Chris Canty, and Dave Rothenberg. So we're going to find some of the interesting things he had to say from that interview, and we'll play it as the Islanders get ready uh, to start their season tomorrow, as the Islanders will be in Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. So we'll hear from John Tavares tomorrow. Uh, we'll also uh, I will give you my top five teams, and you're not going to really put much stock into it because it's too early in the season, and not everybody would have played. 
but I'll give you my top five. We do it every single Friday, and of course, we want to hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. We'll have some fun. So we got lots of games tonight, lots of games over the weekend to get into, a lot of things to dissect. I'll be at the Garden tonight, so maybe I'll have a few stories there. You can listen to the Rangers and the Avalanche tonight. Coverage beginning at 6.30 on 98.7 ESPN. So we're just getting started here on game misconduct for the season. Back again tomorrow. Again, we'll hear a little bit from John Tavares. This has been the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.